So you're trying to tell me that this piece won a daytime Emmy? <laughs> Fuck, let's talk about it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and cover the second and hopefully last chapter of the Afro Samurai Saga. And I'm talking about Afro Samurai Resurrection on take two of this episode of Shonen and Suds. Cody, I can't believe. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you caught it before we got too far into this. Yeah, um, yeah, we were probably about 15 minutes in. Um, yeah, thank God, thank God. Because <laughs> I, but also I was on a roll too. I was coming in hot. Um, um, <laughs> this it's just too funny. Well, let's let's take it from the top. I'm your host Chris Adams, and I am Cody Snodgrass. And welcome to the next episode of Shonen and Suds. Uh, like I said, this week we're talking about uh, Afro Samurai Resurrection, finishing up the Afro Samurai Saga, fucking hopefully, because Cody, I hated this movie fucking dead. I hated it so much. It was a chore to watch. And and that sucks, because this is actually the first time that, uh, or at least on this podcast, uh, we, this was the first anime that we've covered that I had not seen yet. Um, so it's been, this anime's been out for over a decade, and I haven't seen it since today. August 30th, 2020, and I don't plan on watching it ever again because it fucking sucked. Yeah, I usually only watch it. I mean, I watch it when I rewatch Afro Samurai every few years, uh, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy the movie. Um, so but we'll, we'll get into that. Indeed, but to fuel my fire and hopefully your fire as well, Cody, what you drinking? Well, mm. well, Chris, once again, for take, <laughs> take two here, uh, I'm I'm drinking a, a Bud Light Lime. You know, last week we had the Bud Light Lime Arita. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week we got the standard old Bud Light Lime. We'll just dialing it back a little bit, but nonetheless classy. It's a summertime staple. You know, summer's coming down the home stretch, but there's no reason you can't chill poolside with a Bud Light Lime. That's right. Now to keep the, the you know, to, oh, what am I drinking? You ask. Well, I don't have a can to crack because I already cracked it, <laughs> but um. I am actually, again, firmly planted on the other side of the fence here. Uh, I'm committing uh, St. Louis, Louis Sacrilege. Um, I know how I know you guys are, you know, AB for life over there, mm-hmm. but I am sipping on the champagne of beers. I'm drinking an ice-cold Miller High Life with a wedge of lime. So I, I'm churching it up a little bit for you there, Cody, but I know, uh, I know how you feel about Miller products in your neck of the woods. Like, they just, yeah, <laughs> you, you hate them. Yeah, it's, it's like it, it's like sex with condoms. You don't fuck with them. <laughs> yeah, it's never Miller time here in St. Louis, but uh, oh, we'll let it crime. Go. But you know, I get it. I get it. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, you need to drink something to suffer through this movie, right? Dude, yo, dude, I I I would almost drink paint thinner to suffer through this thing. Um, and uh, you know, let's go ahead and just put me out of my misery now, Cody. Uh, you know, let's let's dive right in because you know we have some things to talk about, but like the the, the news and things we have, we want to save for the end because we got some really cool stuff to talk about. But um, you know, let's let's get right back to putting your brand new microphone to work and let's just dive right into Afro Samurai Resurrection. Uh, now this was the sequel to the original Afro Samurai uh, TV series. I believe this one was came out. Uh, Beginning of 2009, I believe January 25th is the actual release date. Um, now, some of the notable things about this, um, as far as, you know, just kind of a tale of the tape here, um, you know, the animation for this, top-notch music, once again done by the RZA. Um, and we had two more well-named, you know, actors and actresses to the uh, cast uh, by the, you know, Lucy Liu and Mark Hamill. So, you know, there is definitely some upside here as far as, um, you know, 
just some from aesthetics and presentation. You know, I, I'm not disputing that at all. But it's when we dive into the, this this fucking turd is that <laughs> when it all starts to unravel. Well, Chris, you you, you said all the pros, I think. Um, oh yeah. At least in your mind, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just go ahead and dive back into this thing. Yeah, let's do it. So Afro Samurai Resurrection picks up a few years after the end of the first movie. Um, Afro's defeated Justice. He's still in firm possession of the number one headband. Um, but, you know, the movie kind of opens up with uh, some some kind of weird, like, flashbacks, flash, uh, like, weird dream sequences. Um, ultimately, the opening scene here, it, we have an action scene. Um, Afro Samurai looks like he's out on a pier fishing. Um, he's quickly met by two goons in full Olympic fencing attire. Um, yeah, and then, and then he's got this ridiculously like crazy like conehead hat on. Um, and of course, you know they they're coming after the number one headband, so it, it seems like it's business as usual. Um, but he dispatches these guys very quickly, cutting them into several pieces, and also makes quick work of the trail of goons that's on the other end of the pier. And some really neat artistic stuff here. Again, the art in this movie, like the animation, is fantastic. Um, everything feels very fluid. Um, I love that when he chops all these goons down, I mean, you see the blood from, from them just kind of creak through the boards on the pier. So really, really beautiful movie to look at. Of course, you know, you're once again greeted by an amazing hip hop score. Um, but then it seems like it, um, it kind of flashes to, I guess, what's happening now where Afro is just kind of reclusive. Um, he just kind of sits what in what looks like to be the, um, I, I guess the temple where um, the girl who was from the orphanage or the, the temple in the first movie, I cannot remember her name. It begins with an O and I feel so awful for that, but that's where I feel like he's at because of the holes in the wall and everything. Everything still looks like it's, it's still stuck in that moment in time, Yeah, but he's just, you're talking, talking about there. Otsuru's place, right? Yeah. Otsuru. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. And he's just like sitting there just fucking whittling away, just making little figures out of wood. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's what old people do, right? When it's, you know, when, when you've done, when you've done your tour in this world, you know, you just kind of sit back and whittle. I know that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Oh yeah, you let your you let your lamb chops grow out. You let your afro just get um, completely out of control. Um, oh, it, it, it is it is out there. Um, but not only while that's happening, he also gets this crazy like he has this crazy like almost like PTSD type moment where he's thinking about his father again. Um, it kind of flashes to like justice. It flashes to his day. He like sees his dad like crucified. Um, like there's there's clearly some unaddressed trauma that you know, ha, you know that is still present in him, and, and I'm fine with that, right? Because like the whole first movie was just a classic revenge story. Mm-hmm. You know, he, tragedy as a kid, he spends his entire life just hell bent on focused on getting revenge on the man that murdered his father. But like, you know, what what do you do? And that, that's kind of what I was hoping for here. It's like, well, what do you do? When your one focus in life, your one goal, when you've completed that goal, where do you go from there? And that's really what I was hoping to get in this. But hold on, Cody, because that is not fucking what we get. Because now we are thrust headfirst into assholeville because rolling up like the fucking Undertaker circa 2002, we got my man Gino. Gino just chopping his way on a fucking motorcycle up to where Afro is. Um, and again, you know, 
we talked about this in the first take. I'm always happy to see Gino. I fucking love the character. He was one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character in the first one. Well, I'd say Justice was, but right behind Justice is definitely Gino. Um, but this is where I'm like, didn't they like fight at the very end of the last movie? Like, wasn't he like wrapped in all the headbands and he was up there on top of the mountain with Afro and they're getting ready to fucking finish this business? Yeah, but it, it definitely it left off on a cliffhanger. Like, oh, they're about to clash. Here we go. So, like, when you first turn on this movie, you're kind of hopeful you might get to see some scene of that, of when they fought mm-hmm. before, or anything yeah. of that. Um, spoiler alert, you don't you don't see any of that. Yeah. I was expecting at least, like, a Mortal Kombat 2 Johnny Cage moment. Like, I, if he was, if they, I wish they, like, the movie was going to pick up, like, have him kill Gino real quick and then just move on to the next thing. You yeah. know? But, but, like you said, Gino's back from the dead, just like The Undertaker, actually. So, it, it, Man, anytime <laughs> I can make an Undertaker or a wrestling reference, I'll do it. Oh, absolutely. But uh, Gino, he kind of rolls into where Afro's at, and Afro's just whittling away on some, some wooden figurines. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Gino just makes quick work of Afro. Oh, Molly whops the shit out of him. You can definitely tell he... Uh, you kind of get that vibe that Afro probably hasn't fought in a while. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't even think Gino gets... Does he even get off the motorcycle? I don't think he does. I, I think, think he just he just bops him and grabs him and just hauls his ass back to his new friend. Yeah, he drags him by the hair and he takes him actually back to the tree where Afro and his master first had their little standoff thing, mm-hmm. and where like Gino got severely injured and all the other like dojo kids got basically killed. Yep, and, and here we're introduced to pretty much our you know our main villain. Uh, I'm talking about Co. I believe that is Lucy Liu's character. Yeah, CEO is voiced by Lucy Liu, yep. Yep, and right now I have no problem with this character, but later on I fucking will. Yeah, you just, you know she's, basically you know she's evil. Uh, She takes the number one headband, um, and basically she says some stuff like, I remember you, yada, yada, yada. Uh, But then they're also towards, they have, somehow Afro's dad's grave is here. Um, Yeah, which is is very, very weird. Um, It's kind of just... a very odd coincidence because I don't know. I guess that's where Afro buried his dad's head, maybe. But and, and I, I'm fine. You know, I'll accept that, or maybe he had his dad buried somewhere else. And well, didn't he have? Didn't like, he have the head with him when he showed up at the temple the first time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. Well, then then I'm fine with this. Okay, his head's buried there, and that's clearly Afro's sword in like the fucking. Okay, I'm fine with all of that. Yeah, I think I think it makes sense. Um, but she has Gino basically break into the grave and grab his jawbone out. His father's yep. jawbone, uh, Rokotaru. Mm-hmm. And uh, she basically is planning to resurrect him somehow. <laughs> uh, Fine. But she takes the number one headband, uh, and her and Gino kind of ride off into the night. And she's basically like... She, <laughs> she comes up with this bullshit where she says, you're bound by the samurai code. You have to go find the number two and then come, come face me, basically. What about every fucking goon from here since the beginning of this entire fucking series that just shows up and fights the number one? Like, what? Code my ass. Like, okay. Like, she literally didn't fight him. She just fucking took it. Which, okay, fine. That's literally what it is. If you can beat the guy and get the headband, you are now the number one. But the fact that she's going to force him to just go and fucking, like... She's literally giving us a reason to watch 45 minutes of this movie. 
right? Like, this is some bullshit. This is some total bullshit. Like, how come all these other goons could just show up? But I guess it's, you know, they're not bound by the code, so they could just show up and fight somebody if they don't care about honor in the code. Eh, da, 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 da. Fine, fine. Uh, again, I'll accept that. Yeah, we haven't gone off the rails too much yet, you know. Uh, yeah, we're we're getting close though. The the, the train is wobbling, but we're, we haven't gone. We're still on, we're still on course. But then we we kind of flash forward to the next day. We got Afro. He's kind of praying in in front of some of his wooden figures. Uh, and then we see a return of your favorite character, Chris, Mister Ninja Ninja. Uh, yeah. Um. And again, this is kind of a mixed bag. I, I made it pretty clear last week how I feel about Ninja Ninja. He's fine in small doses. Um, now I, I don't get why he's here. Cause I felt like we got that complete closure from him, you know, from his character in the last movie, but maybe, you know, cause there was that, that, that weird flashback scene with his father. There's clearly some trauma here. And I, I mean, I, to me, Ninja Ninja is just a, a coping mechanism for Afro something yeah. to, to help, to help him get through whatever, whatever this mental anguish that he has. in. so I'm fine with him being back. But, I mean, he's he's full-on fucking Samuel L. Jackson, like, right from Jump Street, which, again, small doses is where I'm at. Yeah, I don't think you could have Afro Samurai without him. Mm-hmm. Um, like, his comic relief, um, obviously he gets annoying sometimes, but I don't think you could have a movie without him. Um, mm-hmm. But he basically says, like, his sword's jacked up, all this stuff that he kind of needs to get cleaned up and get his sword fixed, yada yada. Yeah. Uh, then we flash... To like our our basically our main cast of villains here, mm-hmm. we see drum we see drum yeah the doctor from the the series uh, like the little or not, I guess mm-hmm. he's like a scientist he's got those little needly fingers. Yep, yep. Uh, we see Co. She's got Gino with her obviously, and then we three mm-hmm. we see three more goons uh, kind of in masks and like uh, these weird sort of outfits, uh, and we'll learn more about them here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine they they've got some kind of crazy augmentations of some kind because I mean they're, they they. Clearly, if, they, if they've aligned themselves with this samurai, there's you know clearly something going on here, and I'm curious just to know who they are. And also, um, just to touch back on Sia, I, you know, I was kind of curious who she was because she feels that she's been wronged by Afro somehow, like she wants her revenge against him. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, maybe he's just some, maybe she's just somebody whose father she murdered at somewhere somewhere along his revenge quest, right? So, okay. Yeah, cause, well, she says she remembers him, and we're like, well, and she knows, okay, well, she well, knows. I don't fucking remember you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, then we kind of flash back to Afro. He's he's gotten cleaned up. His his lamb chops are under control. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Afro is simmered down a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. and they're kind of getting his sword basically fixed up. Uh, also, one more thing about those goons, like the the League of Villains that we're fighting against, uh, mm-hmm. not the same from the My Hero Academia series. Oh. Yeah, they, they are far superior to this, this gaggle of fucking nimrods, <laughs> gaggle of chuckleheads. But they have uh, they have Rokotaru's jawbone in this tank, this tank of fluid, basically, and some like almost looks like IVs or something hooked up to it. So this is their Draman has basically figured out some kind of way to resurrect Afro's father. Look, man, cloning DNA, it all makes sense. That's right. Um, but while Afro's getting his sword fixed, we kind of see two of those. Uh, the goons that we saw with Lady Co, they're kind of just mm-hmm. keeping a watch on Afro, kind of like um, the Empty Seven Clan was in the series. Yep, they're basically yep. just sort of stalking him, sort of. Yeah, look, I like I like to know who I'm who I, who you know, who my protagonist is going to be, uh, you know, tangling with. So it's good to see, you know, 
you know, this uh, this cast unfold because we'll we'll find out who he fights. You know, there's always that uh, he's gonna fight this person first, then this one, then blah, 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 blah. so it's fine. So far, so far again, the train's wobbling, but we haven't gone off the rails completely yet. Yeah, and uh, it turns out Afro he's basically on the search to find the number two headband, mm-hmm. uh, and he's actually looking for Chris, brother three of the MT Seven Clan. Yeah, our, our our headphone wearing survivor from uh, the first movie, and he uh, he does in fact find him, um, and pretty much is asking him where the number two headband is. But you know, obviously he you know he wants he's just not going to give him that information for free. So he offers him like uh, I guess a contest, and Afro immediately just goes for a sword. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa! Like he just knows straight up he can't beat Afro, and you know, in a sword fight. So he offers him like, uh, how about a game, a contest? You know, they. He challenges him to a dice game. Um, you know, like, if I win, I'll give you the, the information. If he loses, well, you're fucking dead. Um, and I, what I do like here is they, um, you do see Brother One. Um, and you will, you learn really quickly, because when he makes his deal, Afro agrees to the deal. Um, so he tells his little people to take him to the gambling room. And you see, like, Brother One, like, with a fucking catheter, like, all, like, chained up or, like, tied up to this, like, we like this, like almost like he's on a like Hannibal Lecter style like dolly that to be rolled around on, and he he makes a little comment where you know the game is rigged, where he's like, unlike you, brother one, I you know I never play a game that I can't win. Mm-hmm. So you know right off the bat that you know there this this dice game is going to be fishy, and just so it just goes right into this. This scene's actually pretty quick. Um, again, we're we're getting from point A to point B to point C relatively quickly early on because I mean, fuck, we got to find this number two headband, which is bullshit, but whatever. Yeah. So, so he basically calls him out that his dice are loaded, or he's got like yeah. a little switch that'll switch it to odd or even. Um, yeah, because it looks like either the the table's magnetic or the dice change because they roll the dice. He has Afro call it. He says odd. The dice come up even. A fucking course they do. Mm-hmm. And Afro sees right the fuck through it too. Yeah, he basically puts his sword to his throat and it's like, "Where's the number two headband?" Like. Stop, yeah. stop messing around. Um, and he tells him your bullshit. He tells him that uh, this guy has it. Basically, I think it's. Yep. I think his name's Shokotaru or Kataru. Um, it's um, da, 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 da. it's close. It's like si- uh, Shichigoro. Shichigoro. Okay. Something like that. Some, you know, side character name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, Shichigoro. Uh, Kataru is actually his son. That's what it is. Yep, that's right. That's right. So you know, we kind of cut to Afro going you know he's, he's still in search of this guy ninja ninjas following him around and you see um you 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 hear a child screaming for help and it kind of flashes to you know you hear the child crying and you see this guy running um and you can't really tell where he's running to or from but it, he's clearly you know running on you know, he, he comes face to face with afro on this bridge and he's got like this child in his hand but he, he points a gun at afro he's like hey man you know get out of my way and you see another guy like coming from behind this, uh, I guess this kidnapper. Um, well, and he's getting close. And I mean, at this point he's telling Afro to get out of the way. Kids crying. Everything happens so quick. And Afro just, just, and of course, fucking Ninja Ninja mouthing off, just dives into the water, whatever. And Afro just makes short work of this guy, just cuts his fucking face and his arm off. Yeah. It's a pretty, and, pretty gruesome scene. Uh, but yeah, I enjoy absolutely. Uh, and then we turn out that this kid, this is Kota Kotaru. I can't mm-hmm. I can't pronounce these names. Um, but Kataro, yeah, you, you nailed it. Yeah, the other the other gentleman that was walking up uh, is his father. Um, yep. We'll just call him Goro for short to make it easy for you. <laughs> um, 
but he basically thanks him, thanks Afro for saving his son, basically. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you don't realize that he's actually the owner of the number two headband. Yep. You, you kind of think, mm-hmm. but you're just like, yeah, yeah, well, whatever. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah. it's one of these things where it's, um, then, then we're flashing. You, well, well, you, yeah, you, well, you mentioned, well, he mentions that, uh, Kotaro is like his adopted son. It's, it was a son of his friend. And turns out his friend was killed by, you know, an afro with a slightly green tinge. Mm-hmm. If you looked close enough, so you know, you you get some connection here. There's clearly some some history here, and you know, and that's the thing. You know, I'm okay with this because you don't know how many people Afro killed throughout his adult life to get to justice. You have to assume it was a lot of people, right? Because everybody was vying for the number two headband. Uh, but basically, he treats him to. A- Sort of like a meal uh, at his buddy's restaurant. Yep. And we see like but a... I know I jumped the gun a little bit there, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're good. To repay him, he takes him to a uh, a little like stew dim sum place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where uh, I think Ninja says the line where he's like, "Hey, this guy's kind of cool. It's too bad you got to kill him." Basically. Um, yep. Yeah, we see yeah, like, Afro. Afro fucking knows. Yeah, and uh, they kind of just have a scene. We see a festival going on in the background. Mm-hmm. There's a lot happening here. There's some scrumping going on in the alleys. Great music. The animation on this part's actually very, very good. And you hear, uh, I think you hear the RZA over a loudspeaker, which I think is really, really cool. Um, some some kind of fourth wall stuff there. But I, I thought that that's like the animation on that scene was really, really cool, and the yep. music was excellent as well. Yeah, with the fireworks, all that stuff. We see some assassins yep. kind of getting ready. Basically, it seems like they're kind of keeping watch on what's going on as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then after they're done eating, which again, this is where you kind of have some some ties with Ninja Ninja, like he he he's eating this food and just saying how awful this fucking food is. He was like, he's like this this some bitch is definitely not making the best food, best stew or whatever in this area. Um, he's like, you, you say you should kill this guy for being a liar or something like that. But then it's just like, it's like okay, it makes sense. Like Ninja Ninja's not actually eating the food. This is what Afro's actually thinking, you know. That right. This food is awful, and and that gets played upon later because you actually flashes. It goes back to that restaurant. There's a family and they're eating, and they're like, "Yo, this food's awful." Mm-hmm. But yeah, but, ba- basically, Shichigoro stands up and he's like, "All right, let's get this over with." He tells yep. he tells the guy running the shop, he's like, "Hey, I'll be back in a flash." He's keeping watch over the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kid's sleeping, and then we basically we get into Afro and Shichigoro's duel. Uh, and yep. This this is actually. This might be one of my favorite fights. It was an excellent fight. It was an absolutely excellent fight. Because, um, I mean, you can definitely tell, again, like, Sishiguro is actually a really good... He's a good fighter, and you can still see that Afro is a little out of practice. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he's like, he's just he's just outclassing Afro every step of the way. And um, he starts using a chain. Um, so, yeah, like, this fight is actually pretty... Uh, pretty good um this might this might be the high point of the uh the movie for me actually yeah. which is weird because i think that this whole subplot of him going to find the number two headband bullshit um well we uh, i mean we haven't gone off the rails too bad you know no no but i, I think it's bullshit because like really in his entire life the only fucking reason he was looking for the number two headband was to avenge his father he's not bound by any code anymore there's, he has no code he has to follow. He he has he has done what he set out to do. So there was no reason he had to do all this bullshit. Yeah, um, but and they, also too, also also with that being said, not to not to no, you know, 
fucking vent some more. <clears throat> but if he didn't want to fight anymore, why the fuck does he care if this woman took the number one headband? That's le- that is one less thing he has to worry about. I think it's more of just he doesn't want anything. He's mad that she defiled his father's grave. And she's trying uh, I'm to, okay with that. She's trying That's to resurrect fine. him. So I think I think we're still on the rails. We haven't you know, we're not we're not going too crazy yet. Okay. okay. Um but they keep going at it. This is actually a pretty long fight. Oh yeah. This is a big this takes a big this is like the first half of the movie, pretty much. Yeah, and then they're fighting, you got the parade and all this stuff going on in the background. You got a chick getting smashed in the alleyway. Yeah, just fucking <laughs> cheeks getting clapped. Uh and they actually Afro kind of runs away and runs into like the middle of the parade. Mm-hmm. Um, he's jumping all over like the parade floats, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have some. You see Riza. Uh, he actually plays the DJ, mm-hmm. and he he has like a, a group of assassins, kind of, and they're they're shooting like smoke bombs, all kinds of stuff, and they kind of jump in to attack both Afro and uh, Shichigoro. Mm-hmm. And these two, uh, they make quick work, obviously, of them. Uh, and this is where we see Chris Afro actually kind of pulls like a, a sneaky move. Because mm-hmm. we see, I think it is Riza who's the one that he grabs. Afro kind of. Yeah, and like puts him between the two bodies and just cuts right through him. Yeah, so Shishigoro stabs through Riza. Mm-hmm. Or I think he, 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 he slashes through Riza and then Afro stabs through, stabs through the DJ guy into Shichigoro, yep. killing, killing him and earning the number two headband. Then he actually like yep. he actually like apologizes because it it was kind of like a cheap shot in my opinion. Oh, definitely. Which well, is and it goes back to Afro definitely not being in the same form that he was in in the first movie. Like there's definitely uh so I, I feel like I feel like we're definitely not seeing the same character, and I think there's a lot less care with him because again, like I said, his whole ex- his whole meaning for existence has already kind of come and gone. He doesn't know how to live at this point. Yeah, he's de- he's definitely rusty in the fighting game. Uh, but now he's oh. he's gotten the number two headband, uh, and then of course Kotaro, Shichigoro's son, now he's awake and, and he, he hears the commotion and goes outside, looking for his father. And now he's it's kind of like the moment with Afro where he saw his father get killed right in front of him. Kotaro has now seen that happen to him. Yeah, and I'm fi- I'm fine with that mirroring. I mean, again, again, we're talking you know classic revenge tropes here, and that's fine. Um, and you kind of saw that coming. Oh, yeah. You know, during that fight, there was that flashback again back to the um, to the restaurant, and he gets up and tries to find out what's going on. And they tell the guy his food sucks, and so yeah. But he he gets a uh, he actually so after that, like he, Kotara, he, you know, Afro, um, what's it called? So he actually he runs into uh, Co um, Co and Gino. Yeah, and he he has they they have a um. Like a um, kind of like a little like, a standoff on this bridge, and, yeah. And Co is holding something. We see it like dripping down, and now mm-hmm. it's it's like Afro's dad's like basically like the top of his spinal column. Yep. And then like it goes, it, the camera pans down, and we got like a full head now. Yep. And like the eyes are moving and everything, like. Yep. So they they're clearly like, you know they they they're letting him know that yeah you know we can totally clone your dad and we're we know how to do it and we're working on it so. Yeah. Go go to this location, and I want to say they um she tells him to go to a um to a, to an old spot where they were uh, where they would meet when they were kids, like him and Gino. Mm-hmm. Um, so they peace out, and Afro, of course, you know, here we are. It's it's time to, time to start fucking walking again. So he starts walking. Kataro's following him. 
Um, and of course, you know, Kataro just—he's following him for a while, and like he just passes out. He doesn't have any food or water. We also, um, this is also before we get to that. We see the. Mm-hmm. This is where we see our flashback of Gino and Co and Afro. Yeah. Okay. So this is where this is where the shit gets fucking stupid. Like, Gino like says that like like he's he calls her like hey sister, mm-hmm. and I'm like get the fuck out of here. Like Gino didn't have a sister. Like why all of a sudden like are we making up fucking family members and characters? Yeah, you know what it, I mean? It is kind of annoying because Co reminds me so much of Otsuru from the yeah. series like she was the same looking uh, almost the same looking little girl um mm-hmm. with a close relationship to gino and afro mm-hmm. and now suddenly you're just going to tell me that there's another little girl that's actually gino's sister i wish that we've never fucking met before yeah i wish we would i i don't know i think they could have handled this better because at this point up to the movie like it's not bad like the plot's going along nice and then we get this and that, this is where it kind of I don't know. It loses its touch a little bit here. Well, it, it, this this is where I, I think we I think we've gone off the rails a little bit. And I'm and I'm gonna be honest with you. I think the plot has been paper thin at this point because I'm I'm just in the mindset still. I and you know and, and maybe this movie for me was just it was damned before we even got it was dead on arrival. Yeah. Um. Because like I feel like the whole idea of Afro Samurai was this great revenge story. And I think after he killed Justice in the first one, I, I, I was done. I was done with his story. I didn't need to know anything else about him. Yeah, it's kind of like some some things are better left untouched. Like, right. But and, here we are. <laughs> yeah, and then we flash back to present day after we watch this flashback. We see mm-hmm. uh, Draman and Lady Co. Basically, Gino is hardly any bit of human anymore. Yep. Yeah, uh, he's almost all he's almost all like pure Darth Vader style at this point. And Draman's kind of pissed off at Co. because she keeps taking like she took uh, Rokotaro's head out of the of the science that he's working on. Uh, and then we kind of see that CO's got full control over Draman, basically because he's like a he's an old perverted scientist. Oh yeah, um, yeah, she's definitely got him under her. Uh, he he is he's pretty whipped, and she fucking hates him. By the way, she hates this scientist. Oh yeah, absolutely hates his fucking guts. Um, but she needs him to basically to to help get revenge on on Afro. Pretty much, which again, it's like, what the fuck did he do to you, lady? Like we don't know you. Well, we realize that. Obviously, Afro hurt Gino, and that's why she she doesn't like him. <laughs> Fine, bullshit, but whatever. It, I just wish, like, if they're gonna do something like this, at least have Cob in the original show. Uh, yes, I don't please, know. or at least mention her. At least, like, at least you have Gino mention. Yeah, I, ha- I have a sister back somewhere. I haven't seen her in a while. What you know, something. Well, because like in this, we also hear she's like when in the flashback, they're like, "Oh, you can come visit the the school sometime." Mm-hmm. And it's like she Otsuru was there the whole time, and she wasn't training. She wasn't like becoming a samurai or anything. She, yeah. But she she was still there. So like, there's no reason Siu couldn't have also been there. I That's what I'm saying. Like, it, no, I, no, you're you're you and I are on the same page on this bullshit. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. Not a fan so far. Uh, but yeah, this is where we flash to like the desert scene where we see. Uh, yep, Katara pretty much had passed out just from exhaustion from following. He, he was he, he's not cut out for this. But what's really cool is when he when he regains consciousness he's actually like under like a rock like in shade he's got some water he's got his dad's sword so you kind of think either to me it seems like afro like like put him under this rock like he afro like knew he was being followed and like you know tried to put this kid in a good situation he didn't want to leave the kid out to die 
and that that kind of gets realized near the end of the of the movie with like the last line that they have. But yeah, we'll get to we'll get to that. And then we yeah yeah we kind of flash to the villains again. Um, Ceo's kind of giving her a little evil villain speech, and she's talking to the three goons. Mm-hmm. And we she shows a a picture of kind of like all of them in the past. So we see that they were like her protectors, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see so we see like photos with those three: Co, Gino, uh, pretty much just the whole family. Yeah, none of this shit makes sense. Yeah, none of it. Fucking none of it. <laughs> it's a bit of a mess, huh? But now we got Afro and uh, Afro and Ninja Ninja. They're still they never stop walking, of course. Of course not. But then, um, and I know, uh, da, uh, the the scientist Darman, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. um, he actually he actually dispatches some of the uh, some of the goons, um, because you you see them on like getting on like <laughs> fucking motorcycle with a fucking sick ass sidecar on it. Yep. Yeah. So we're we're coming up on that. We see Afro and Ninja Ninja. They're kind of walking through these wind or these uh, ruins, mm-hmm. and then we see like something that says justice on it. I don't know if it's like a gravestone or what it is. But it's kind of just like a little, a little nod to justice, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. And then we see the tree, like the cherry blossom tree, which we from the flashbacks, you know, that's where Co and Gino and these three goons, a lot of the, a lot of the time, well, all the time, basically spent in the flashback is under this tree. Mm-hmm. And this is where Afro comes up to, and this is where he basically has to fight these three protectors. Yep, because um, and you know, during this fight, you actually find out that Co had nothing to do with these goons going out, like um, because yeah, um, Dr- Draman was the one that sent them out. Yep, and that leads to some points of contention here, um, because I want to say you're at like two hours from like, uh, Rokotar is like the clone is almost finished, and he's like, hey, you know, we you know we're we're at the critical moments here. We need to get this finished up. Um, and he mentions that he dispatched the other goons, and she gets Seal gets pretty pissed. At this point, she pretty much kills uh, Darman. Yeah, she she's pissed off at him. Um, this one of the goons. But she also, wanted to be the one, I guess, to do it or have Afro's dad do it, and he didn't really want him to. He he didn't want the goons or her protectors or whatever to be sent out without her, you know, approval. Yeah, I don't think she wants him to die. Basically, um, yeah. But Drummond, he's trying to buy as much time as he can so that they can complete the revival yep. process on Rokutaru. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Afro basically, he starts up combat. There's that beer burp, so back. Um, no, they're, they're back. <laughs> uh, but we see that these guys, they are all like ha- hardly human. They're like Geno. They're basically robots. Oh, yeah. Um, they've next- all got different like attachments and pieces and blades and bobby danglers all kinds of shit yeah it's a it's a kind of a crazy fight but i don't know it, it's weird i wish we would have more backstory on these guys yeah because like I, it, you don't really care like you're just like all right afro kill these guys so we can move on to the next set piece oh yeah um, and, like, which, and like one of them's like ben one of the the three he's voiced by mark mm-hmm. hamill and it's like i wish mark hamill would have had a better role like yeah i don't know i like the guy that played uh the dude that had the number two headband because he's like he's been in animes he plays uh i think he plays gara and naruto mm-hmm. and he plays like tenma from the anime series monster mm-hmm. so like we're adding all these great voice actors but i just feel like mark hamill kind of got the short end of the stick here it's true got a got a shitty like side character role um yeah 
Yeah, these characters weren't great. Like, this is the thing. Like, I didn't care about these guys. I didn't care about these made-up fucking friends that Afro wronged somehow in his lifetime. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, while, while this fight's going on, uh, CO finds out the drama, Draman's sent out the, the goons. She she kills Draman. And they, like, put the... They, like, accelerate the process. Like, it goes into, like, overdrive or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, and Which, then, I mean, is relevant. And while this is all going on while Afro's fighting these goons, uh, then we see Afro's dad's full body is now out of the... Like, mm-hmm. the tank that they have him in. So, you know, he's basically... Yep. He's back, but we know CO, she's not a scientist, so... Yep, we don't know what's happening here. Yeah. So... Yeah, so it's ready, and they, I mean, and they, they, they head on out. They fucking, they head out to, to meet Afro here. Um, Afro, and, uh, yeah. He makes, well, no, I wouldn't say quick work, but he eventually defeats these three cyborg people. Mm-hmm. He lets them have it. And at that point, that's when he, he's met face-to-face with um, his, the clone of his father. Yep. We and got, it, um. We got C.O. Gino and his father basically standing before him. Yep, and it gets, and I guess it, you guess you can kind of relate it back to the you know the early flashings like Afro still traumatized and you know he sees his father and just immediately is like convinced that that's his old man. Mm-hmm. Um, now don't get it twisted. Um, Afro's you know he, he's he's beat up. I mean, he didn't he didn't get out of this fight unscathed. Um, and of course you know Ninja Ninja gives up on Afro at least because he thinks that they, he's the um you know. Because Afro thinks the clone father is his real father, so like, you know, whatever, whatever that suppressed trauma that causes Ninja Ninja to appear, he disappears. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you know, um, what's it called? Gino. Um, Gino gets a good hit in on uh, Afro here and pretty much knocks him unconscious. Um, and if he's, and of course, you know, while he's unconscious, he's having these, you know, flashbacks or just. These, these crazy like fever dreams of his dad his dad's like you know saying what a disappointment he is and says so, I can't remember what he says something about like the uh, like um, like like you you weren't worthy to carry the headband or like you you know right you weren't cut out for this or some shit like that yeah all kinds of lines like that um, and then we kind of flash to the present day you kind of you can't really tell what's what's real and what's not and then we flash back. Afro's dad basically kills Afro at this point. Oh, uh, yeah. In front of Co and Gino. And uh, mm-hmm. this is where we kind of flash inside of, like, Gino's teddy bear helmet. As he's watching. Which, he's this watching. is such bullshit. God, this is such bullshit. Go ahead. Well, the, we're going to get. This is. I mean, we're off the rails at this point. Oh, yeah. We got a revived father from a jawbone. We got, you know, it's it's going to get rough here. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. Buckle up, everybody. Put, put your seatbelts on, everybody, because this is where it just takes a hard left turn into asshole bill. Well, I guess we also have the ridiculous scene of Afro's dad going to punch Afro, and Afro, like, sticks his sword, like, halfway through his arm. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, breaks the sword off, punches him in the face, and then, like, his arm's fine, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's. Uh, but, I, don't, I don't know what the fuck's happening here. This, and, is, this is where we see Gino's first moment of, like, tr- kind of trying to protect Afro, because... His, he has like a Darth Vader redemption moment, which makes no fucking <laughs> sense here at all. Yeah. At all. It's like There's, his. It's almost like his human side's coming through a little bit because he kind of like Afro's dad punch. <laughs> Afro's dad punches him, and he like kind of like jumps in front of him and like braces the fall a little bit. Uh. <laughs> and then we got. It's like. 
Dude, there was never there was never a fucking point at any point in the first movie and up to this point that shows there's anything that Gino is trying to redeem himself. There's no like you know, and also too, it pissed me off every time they showed his head. He you know he said he he can't stop crying. He'll never be able to stop crying from what happened. He ain't shed a single fucking tear in this movie. And like now we're at this point where it's like now all of a sudden Gino wants to like help Afro since fucking when since when yeah it's kind of weird because like since the show Gino's even more of like a robot like he's less and less and less human yeah. every every time they rebuild him uh, but Rokutaro we see him he's strangling Afro basically and you see Gino he's having the flashbacks of like when him and Afro were younger all this yeah, stuff where, where was that shit in the first movie. You know, like where were yeah. the where were these 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 great times? This great fucking, you know, oh, he was such a good friend after all. Montage, you know what I mean? Get this shit out of here. Yeah, but uh, Rokotaro actually kills Afro here. Um, mm-hmm. You see the headband fall, all that. Yep, and he picks it up and puts it on. Yeah, uh, Afro Afro's dad puts the headband on. Yeah, and then we see Gino. He's kind of he's kind of freaking out, and you hear him saying like Afro, and he's like. He, like, he charges him. He fucking charges. Yeah, he's the like, pound. he's like snapping. He's like, "What have you done to Afro?" Yada yada yada. Tears off the teddy bear like helmet thing. And like which you is, said, he charges after Rokotaru, which <laughs> I think why? I'm. I why? think I guess why? I'm okay with it. Um, I don't know. Look, I'm we're, we're, not. we're we're all the way off the rails at this point, but this isn't yeah. even the most ridiculous scene yet. It, it's coming up here in a minute. Oh, it sure as fuck is. Because he uh, he actually just beats the shit out of Gino. Like Gino maybe gets a, <laughs> like a, a couple okay licks in, but uh, Rokutara just 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 takes the fucking just a, just a restaurant quality ass whooping here. Yeah, it's kind of like your typical thing. Like, out of them. like your your character that's not you know he's not as strong as the villain, but he has like his little stand up moment. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. He like you know he's you know he's not gonna win, but he's gonna he's gonna try at least. Yeah, he's gonna fight the good fight, try to redeem himself, which makes no fucking sense. There's, like, if there were maybe some, like, moments in the movie where, like, you know, maybe he wanted to redeem himself and maybe, like, CEO and Darman were like, oh, no, 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 you know, it's a, a glitch in his programming or, hey, we need to watch. The, you know, if there was some kind of hint, something. Like, give us a reason for him to want to make this switch, right? Yeah. But no, don't just fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, and then... And that's not even the worst part, because now that's coming, Cody. No, I... I, I we're, so, we are so mad om- I can spit, spit nails. <laughs> we are almost to the worst part of this movie. Uh, so, Rokotaro is making quick work of Gino. He cuts his arm off. Mm-hmm. And then we hear Gino. He's like, I must protect everyone. Uh, I mean, he gets his other hand cut off. He is he is nothing. Yeah, he gets, he gets just the, the hard fucking ass whooping here. The hard fucking handle. And Sio's kind of, she's getting up super upset. So she and she joins in. And tries to help defeat Rokotaru. Um, which, okay, fuck. <laughs> which, which I get because like it's her brother. Um, I, I can I can understand her jumping in to save Gino, but not under the pretense of anything else. Yeah, so she jumps in to try and save Gino. Uh, Rokotaru stabs through both of them. Oh, just works them so fucking over. And they have their like little sentimental brother sister moment. And then, Chris, we have the literal worst part of this movie. Oh my god! So, goddamn it! Okay, <laughs> the so, blood. Like, Gino like shorts out. Like he like he's clearly like his he's deactivating. Like, mm-hmm. He's he's powering off because he's he's dying. 
then out of, out of like as if the fucking mighty Mjolnir has come flying out of the sky like this spark of like lightning like overtakes like like you know his like Gino's circuitry is overloading or some shit and then like this spark jumps from Gino right into Afro's chest bringing him back to life Cody, I would have liked to have thrown my fucking TV out the window watching this. It was the most absurd thing I have ever seen in my fucking life. And I've seen a lot of animes. This one took the fucking cake. Yeah, it's like and it's it's like now, the, the blood on the ground is like I guess the conductor for the electricity, so like <laughs> dude, I don't well, know. There's iron in blood, I guess. It's one of the worst scenes i've ever seen dude dude and, and and not only that right like not only does he just bring himself back to life but he's like i know now that you're not my father he died a long time ago and now he's got like he's having his like van damme movie moment where like everything's slow motion he's got his motivation all is right in the world you know what i mean like none of this shit makes any fucking sense none of this none of it none of it none of it and, like i'm already out like, i'm already like <laughs> fuck this Fuck this, when are the credits gonna roll? Yeah, so and then we get Afro, he stands up, he picks up Gino's sword, and we think we're gonna get like, okay, this is gonna be the cool ending fight scene. But nope. Chris Nope, we get a flash to white and then like their swords cross and there's one man standing basically. Yeah, next and next thing we know, we see fucking uh um fucking Kotaro and Afro's walking towards him and you know fuck man. Like, yeah. and this is where it just, it just ends on such a fucking sour note. Um, yeah. Well, like, I, he walks. I like the Kotaro scene, but I don't like. After all this ridiculous stuff, like, okay, Afro gets brought back to life because Gino's body short circuits and shocks the blood. Even after all that, we don't get any fights. Yeah. Like, it's like, why? Why? Like, Afro why? didn't land a blow on his father. He was getting his ass no, whipped. And, uh, right, and how the fuck does he all of a sudden, is he just, like, supercharged with, like, robot juice? Like, like what the fuck is going <laughs> on, man? Like, this was the worst. This was the fucking worst. Like, I'm not even going to say it's the worst. It, it was just the worst. The absolute fucking worst. Um, But, you know, there is a cool scene at the end with Kotaro, like, you know, where he's got his, he wants to, like, you know, draw his sword on Afro, but, like, Afro gives him the number two headband. He's like, whenever you're ready. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like just saying, hey, I, you know, like you know, very much mirroring, you know, kind of what happened with Justice and him when he was a kid. Yeah, and I like I like that. I think the Kotaru and uh, whatever Kotaru's father's name was, I keep forgetting it. Yeah, uh, Shishigoro. Or Shishigoro. Like that. Yeah, I like I like their part of this movie. I think they have honestly, it's it's kind of a weak storyline, but their part I think outshines everything with Co and Afro's dad. Yes, yes, like, I by would... a mile. <laughs> God damn it! And I, 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 once we once we wrap this up, because the movie's pretty much ends there, except for this, um, where I, there is actually an end credit scene, a la you know Marvel movie style, mm-hmm. where it shows it goes back to like I guess the top of the mountain where like all the I guess at least that's what it looks like to me. And there I don't know who that is sitting there. Um, so, he's got like a mask on. Yeah. So I did some research, and it turns out he's kind of apparently. Ninja Ninja and this guy are like they're known as protectors. Okay. And so this is like Justice's protector. I don't know. It's kind of confusing because it's something I, you know, I I don't really know about it. Um, mm-hmm. But he's basically like I've been waiting a long time for you. And it shows Justice, and that's where the the credits. It shows like his eyes and like the little cigarette in his mouth, and it just like flashes to, and then that's it. Which. Yep. 
again, any, I like justice. I'm okay with seeing justice, but like, well, there's no context for justice to even be like, I, I, I like him better dead. And that is the fucking train wreck. <laughs> that is Afro samurai resurrection. Cody. God damn it. The only like, like how did this thing win a fucking daytime Emmy? Like, I, I guess, um, I mean, I, I guess, look, listen, listen, listen. I, the art was beautiful. The music was top-notch. The voice acting was great. Well, you know what, Chris? It's I, fine. Actually, the Emmy that they won was um, for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Animation. Oh, perfect. That makes perfect fucking so, sense. So, so the art director won the Emmy. Um, beautiful, as he fucking should. But I'd be upset to have my name attached to this pile of shit. Um, now, here's the thing. Like, first of all, I don't think we needed this... I, I don't think we needed this movie anyway. And I'm going to say, I say that because I think the original story we got was exactly the story that needed to be told. If we're going to do an Afro Samurai sequel, I would have much rather the movie just been about his father. I would have liked to have seen a movie about his father getting the number one. I, I, Cause I think that's something you can do. It's safe. We can kind of see what, you know, maybe see some origins of justice you know, kind of see where this all came from. Like, I'd be, I would have been 100% fine with that. Yeah. Not I, this bullshit father resurrection. I mean, I guess you got to have the name's resurrection. We got to resurrect somebody, I guess. Yeah. Or just have some corny thing where, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like you said, there's nothing wrong with doing, like, an origin story. Like, we mm-hmm. see that in film, we see that in video games, we see it in all sorts of media all the time. Yeah, I, I think a prequel would have made more sense because it would have been it would have it would have been it would have made more sense to get us from point A to point B. Whereas in this movie, we're just I feel like we're just watching uh, like an anime music video that ha- is trying to like tell a semblance of a story because like the characters make no sense. Like it almost like nothing that happened in the first movie matters, especially like when you had that last scene with like Gino at the top of the mountain. Like I think that's a great way to end it. Like here's the thing. I don't like being spoon-fed stuff. I like I like there to be some sort of speculation and leave something open to interpretation. So like I liked I like the idea of this movie not existing and just wondering, oh, I wonder what happened with those two. I wonder how that fight went. Like, did Gino win? Did Afro kill Gino? Or did Afro just give up the ghost now that his revenge story's over? What what else? Because like the story make no this movie makes no sense because Afro had one thing that he was living for one thing and he finally got it there's no other story to tell it like it doesn't matter anymore it's over so i would have i liked having that open interpretation of what happened you know does he pull what his master did and give up the ghost and let gino kill him let gino get his closure um i I, i'm fine with the speculation on either side at this point we should have just had a story about his father and justice i i would have liked to have seen what brought them to that point um you know, how his dad became the number one, you know, warrior and how justice, like where justice came from. You know, I, I would have rather have seen that. I didn't need like a super in-depth, you know, crazy origin story. But like, just give me some context for how we got where we where we are. Yeah, I think it's honestly something that probably should have just been left alone. Oh, I, I would have. I would have. That would have been my first choice. Just I don't need anything. I'm looking at a quote here. Uh, it's from Zach, uh-huh. Zach at the Anime News Network on Wikipedia. He said he criticized the film that it's just an excuse to string fight scenes together, and the farther it goes on, it becomes clear how weak the writing is, and I couldn't agree more. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think this one is a total turd. It gets the it gets five flushes out of five. It is just a total just 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 bull- it, I, I hated it, and I I this is one of those movies like this is um very much a Last Jedi and uh Rise of Skywalker type thing for me, man. Like I just want to pretend that this movie doesn't exist. Yeah, because the series itself is pretty good. I mean, even with Yo, like the, our, yeah. our gripes about like the headband plot hole at the end, like yeah. It's, like, I think overall it tells a great story. Like, it's just a great revenge story. Yeah, and it's like, that had a nice little bow on it, and then Resurrection came around and ripped the bow off, and, you know, I don't and know. Just try, it, 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 the kid was peeking at his presence and tried <laughs> to rewrap it, and you, you, you know somebody was looking because they didn't wrap it as good. In fact, they didn't even fucking try. Yep. Yeah, this movie was a mess, man. This movie was an absolute mess, and... I'm I'm glad to put it past me. So when we're putting this on our board, Cody, of you know, in the order of things, this one's this one's at the bottom. Like I want to just have all the gaps and put this one right smack at the bottom. Yeah, if we had like the movies and the anime all on the same board, this would still be at the bottom. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, this is definitely this is... at the bottom of any rating board that we're doing. I, I hated this one. I hated it dead. Um, but I'm glad I watched it to say that I've watched it. So officially, I'm putting this below the Cowboy Bebop movie. I know you are. Oh, oh, beyond! I don't even want to put them in the same conversation. Here's the thing: I'm not knocking anybody that liked this movie, even right. though you're wrong. I. <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's it, bad. It, it, it like, is what it is, right? Yeah, it exists, unfortunately. But like, it's bad. Like, it, it, it's it's fun to look at. Like, it's a movie that I could definitely put on for background noise and have the sound fucking off which is a shame because the music is good like again i would have rather <laughs> stared at a blank screen for an hour and a half and just listened to fucking wu-tang clan like i could have just i could have just done that and i would have been happier mm-hmm. but cody you know what but that's okay because you know we've got you know let, let's turn this ship around let's get the train back on the tracks and get it back into station because you know this one's going to be a, this is obviously a quicker podcast than last time because there's a lot less to cover here and everything was paper thin but you know, it's time to do some questions, and we're going to talk about you know, uh, you know what we're going to be covering next because this was actually a really good poll that we had this week, and it was a, it actually was a was a tough choice for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, it came down to a nail biter. Um, but before yeah. we get to that, like you said, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll do our question of the week. Um, this one comes yeah. this one comes from our old buddy Justin Jacoby. Uh, yeah, the first follower we had on Twitter, by the way. Uh, what so, a stud! So thank I you for that. so thank you for that. Uh, Chris, he asks, what was the hypest fight for you in Afro Samurai or Afro Samurai Resurrection? Um, I'm going to say the hypest fight for me, that's tough. Um, I, I'm honestly going to say I actually, I like the I like the very beginning of the first movie. I like the thing that sets it all off. I love the fight with Justice and Rokutaro. I think the reason that's the most hype is for me. It's like it's like it's fast, but the reason it's the most hype for me is because it it, it kind of puts the like how the fuck did he cut off his head? What did he do? You see, like this kind of guns versus swords. Like I think, I think we see. Uh, to, like, I don't know. Like to me, that just that sets the pace for everything. And I thought it was just a really good way to like suck you in. So that's mine. How about you, stud? I think I'm gonna go with uh, Afro and Geno fight from the series. Um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, obviously it's interrupted quite a bit from flashbacks and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's one of the very few fights where Ninja Ninja isn't talking the whole time. 
Beautiful. I mean, he is talking a little bit, but you know, it's not. It's not like when he fought Afro Droid and he's talking just the entire Afro time. Afro Droid, <laughs> yeah. Like Ninja Ninja's talking that entire fight. It's like, okay, I get it, Ninja. You gotta, you gotta shut up though. We're trying to watch but the I will action. Give, yeah, no, absolutely. But I will give an honorable mention to the fight scene with the. Uh, Afro and Sichigoro in this movie. That was a good fight. It was a good fight, an unnecessary fight, but a good fight. Yeah, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna mention that as well. Um, I would like to see. Obviously, it's impossible. But like, if we saw that fight where Afro isn't as rusty as he was, like how evenly matched they would be. Yeah, I think it would. I think it would have been good. Like I said, I think it was a good fight. Um, I just feel like it's something that you could have watched on like uh like this could have been just like a quick like. Just set this fight to like a RZA, like make it a RZA music video, and I think that would have it would have it would have told the same story. Yeah, without so. the mo- with, without any movie, we don't need any of that. Yeah, we I can... don't need any context for this fight. It was just a good fight. It was well animated. It was just it had it had different like stages. It was good. It was a good fight. Um, but I feel like the fact that it was just it was part of this shitty fucking movie that it it's you know, I can't give it any more than an honorable mention. Yeah, it's unfortunate because that's probably. Now, obviously, it's the best fight in this movie. Um, oh, by a mile! By prob- a probably the mile. best minor storyline. The little yeah. minor storyline with him is way better than the actual storyline of the film. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, so, as far as I mean, there's not much news to talk about that we, you know, that we, you know, that we know of. Yeah, but... well, just just some some brief podcast news. Obviously, you guys yeah. can tell our audio has improved significantly. We got a new mm-hmm. laptop. We got the new mic in the building. So, so it's funny we got, we. <laughs> You know, this was a second take. We got 15 minutes in, and then Cody hit me with the "oh shit, none of this has been recording." Yeah. But thankfully, we got there. We we caught it early, because um, if we'd have caught it at the end, I'd have been like, "Fuck this! All right, here's what happened. Boom. Okay. Yeah. Here's what happened. Boom. Okay. Fuck this movie. Good night." Yeah, that was very unfortunate, but we got everything working now. We got we had a little some technical difficulties to start it off, but uh. Yep, and we are back on par, and uh, so now. Again, Cody, I, I'm excited for next week. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the poll. What were the options we had on the poll this week? Uh, so this week, I renominated One Punch Man. I nominated sure. my favorite anime of all time, Death Note. Mm-hmm. And, and my you... two were Attack on Titan and Yu Yu Hakusho. And Chris, um, this poll was all over the place. Dude, yeah, because like I know for a while, like Yu Yu Hakusho was like, yeah. it was like top bill. It was like. Why the fuck not? I had the poll up for, I don't know, maybe a couple hours or something at first. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a four or five day poll. But I remember I, I messaged you and I was like, okay, this is clearly going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Death Note kind of had a little resurgence. Yeah, say, we learned it was a marathon, not a sprint. And Death Note, fucking Death, excuse me, beer hiccups. Death Note wins the fucking poll. Yeah, with 47%, uh, Yu Hakusho had 37 So it, it was close. Yeah. Attack on Titan had a vote, and then One Punch Man had two votes. So yeah, so it was all. It was clearly a. It was a two man show at this point, and um, I'm actually excited. Um, you know, I'm bummed Yu Yu Hakusho didn't win because I mean, I, that's one of my favorites of all time. But uh, Cody, I know this may come as a shock to you, but I have never seen Death Note. Yeah, I, I remember you, <laughs> just hearing that when you told me that before the podcast. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Um, Obviously, yeah. it's my favorite, so I'm excited to go through it with you and for you to really experience it for the first time. Yeah, and, and I've heard nothing but good things. Um, this isn't like a case of resurrection where, like, I knew Afro Samurai was good, but I guess there was a reason that nobody really talks about resurrection, and now I fucking see why. Mm-hmm. But 
Death Note is still one that a lot of people talk about. It's on a lot of top anime lists. I mean, it, it had a Netflix movie. So, I mean, usually when you get that kind of mainstream appeal, there's clearly something going right. Um, so I'm actually really excited to watch it. And um, you said it's 37 episodes, right? Yeah, Chris, it's 37 episodes. Uh, and then there's a multitude of other pieces of media. We have. Yeah, so we're gonna split the we're gonna split the anime itself into three weeks, right? We're gonna do what? Yeah, we'll do probably like the first thirteen. Yeah, but then like what? Twelve, twelve. Yeah, I think that thirteen, twelve, twelve. That's I mean, that sounds pretty even to me. Yeah, because I know we'll for the second part we'll definitely want to stop at episode twenty five. Okay. Episode twenty five is kind of like a recap of the series. Uh, okay. And then there's like the third act essentially. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, so, guys, if you want to follow along with us, just be caught up to, what are we saying, episode 13? Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, do that. Yeah, whichever one you think is best, because I don't know what the story arc is like, what makes the most sense. Yeah, I'm going to look through the episodes while we're talking here. And just, I think episode 13 is where we'll stop at um, for this mm-hmm. next upcoming week. Uh, and then, Chris, we kind of talked about, I didn't realize exactly how many live-action Death Note movies there were. But there, mm-hmm. there is a shit ton. Oh, yikes. We got a musical. We got at least six movies or i think four japanese movies and then two miniseries like tv shows i mean death Death note is a big deal um so we're actually just gonna we're i think for now we're we're just gonna do the first 37 episodes of the anime Mm -hmm. and then we'll cover the netflix adaptation movie now i'm not opposed if we can find it i will i will fucking i will watch death note the musical i hope it's a combination of Hamilton and Rent and Cats and Chicago. I want I want it to be all the greatest, you know, Broadway shows, just musicals thrown into one. It's not going to be, but I, I like to think in my head that it will be. Yeah. If we can find Death Note, I guess what I'm saying is if we can find Death Note the musical, I will snap watch that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'll see if I can. Uh, I'll see if I can figure out where to get that. Uh, Beautiful. But you know, we'll keep we'll keep you guys informed. But for now, we're gonna do. The first 13 episodes, then the next 12, then the next 12, and then we're going to do the Netflix movie. After that, if we can get a hold of some of these movies, we might throw one of those in. Otherwise, uh-huh. we'll kind of just, you know, in between animes, we might be like, hey, let's watch a live action movie. Yeah, let's fuck around and watch a Death Note movie. Yeah, or maybe. I'm okay with that. Maybe if there's a series that doesn't have. Because not, not many series have live action movies. Um, yeah. So maybe we could throw some in every now and again. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. I'm definitely okay with that. Just because we're trying to cover all bases of everything as much as mm. we can. Um, it's true. So, yeah, guys, we want to – I obviously want to thank you guys because this vote was a lot bigger than the last one. Um, no, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot we more. We appreciate pe- the, the listening. It seems like we're picking up some steam here, sir. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think we're closing in on about 100 downloads now. So. Oh, awesome. Hell we're yeah. Really excited about that. Um, but yeah, guys, if you guys want to vote on these polls or just interact with us, you can follow us at Shonen Insuds on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can also follow the Facebook page, which is also at Shonen Insuds. Yeah, feel free to you know give us a rating, give us a review. You know, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, if there's something you want to hear, if there's something you don't want to hear, if you want us to, you know, do something more than the other, or what the fuck ever. You know, we any feedback, anything. You know, we we, we a we just appreciate you guys listening. Good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, any feedback you guys have, again, yeah, that's we, we definitely take that stuff to heart. And we want to make sure that we're, you know, for those guys that are guys and gals that are, you know, watching and listening, you know, we want to we want to keep entertaining you. So tell us what we tell t- tell us what we need to do to entertain you, please. 
Yeah, absolutely. If you guys have any feedback, any questions you want to ask us uh, to be read on the show, we'll answer just about anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, just about anything. It's true. Yeah, probably. I'd say probably anything. Unless it, unless it involves ducks and horses. <laughs> that, yeah, sorry. Sorry, Josh. Uh, <laughs> um, and probably no politics. We won't do any politics either. Oh, yeah. No, this, this is a... Uh, Unless it's anime politics, unless we're talking some sort of anime with a with with a political undertone, which there, is, I mean, there's a few, right? I mean, there's there's some. Yeah, well, sure. I'd say I'd say Ghost in the Shell has some pretty heavy uh, political undertones. Yeah, we'll we'll cross paths with it eventually. Yeah, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. But yeah, you know, we we're just we're just a couple of guys drinking some brewskis and watching some anime, just cool dicking around. Yeah, guys, and we but, appre- we appreciate you tuning in and listening. Um, but yeah, Chris, I, I'm. I don't got anything else. You got anything? Yeah, else? I'm spent. I want to distance myself from this fucking episode as quick as possible because uh, <laughs> I, I hated this movie dead. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, once again, uh, I'm Cody Snodgrass. And I'm Chris Adams. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and the heart of my bottom for listening. <laughs>